0: Well, good evening, everyone. How are you guys? Great. Guessing. Thanks, Brandon. Glad Brandon's doing good. <laughs> the rest of you, hope you're okay. Glad you're at least here. Um, man, good evening, man. I just want to stay in in the the spirit, the the heart that we've had. Thanks, Siri. Um, she's talking to me. Um, well, let's let's jump straight in, okay? stop siri turn it off. I, don't, I don't how do you, i don't even know how to turn it off i'm so boomer um okay uh oh i have a prop i have a prop over here any of you guys uh watch the astros game earlier today is it still going i don't know if it's won. we won we won let's go baby so uh I'm not a huge, uh, baseball fan, but growing up, uh, my brother and I played baseball. And so we liked to play around the house together. Well, one day we were visiting my grandma and as we were visiting my grandma, uh, we're playing wiffle ball out in front of her house. So we have a wiffle ball, but the only thing that she had was a, like, it had to be like a solid steel bat you know what i mean like the old school like you pick it up not like hollow in them it's like it's like 40 pounds and you're like as a kid i don't even know how i'm gonna swing this thing but like so we're playing baseball and my cousin is pitching and i'm hitting and my brother is the catcher behind me and you know I I get a few few strikes, okay? I'm, I'm not very good at baseball. So uh I have two strikes, and so in my head, I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta crush this last pitch. So my cousin pitches it, and I swing as hard as I possibly can and crush the wiffle ball. But as I came around, I let go of the bat and hit my brother right in the head and if you've ever been hit in the head or like fallen and hit your head it bleeds like crazy and so immediately my brother's head is just gushing in blood and I'm like 10 years old at this time okay and so there's all of this blood and I'm like oh my gosh I just killed my brother what's happening and so I'm like we gotta get inside so I like pick him up and we run inside and I am terrified Like, I'm literally, I've never seen this much blood in my life. I am so scared. I have no idea what is going on. Life is chaos. Like, I'm thinking I'm running in. We need to get him to the hospital. Someone's got to get an ambulance. He's going to bleed out. Somebody save him. CPR, I don't know, but do something for my brother, okay? Like, chaos, just utter chaos. And today, we're going to read a story where Jesus steps into a scene of absolute chaos. Just absolute and utter chaos, just like that. He had just been up on a mountain praying with his disciples and he comes down the mountain and walks into this chaotic scene that we're gonna read today. So we're gonna read out of Mark chapter nine, starting in verse 14. If you guys have your Bibles, open up. If you got a digital Bible, welcome to 2023. That's totally acceptable. You're good. Um, Okay, Mark 9. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Let's pray. Lord, go before me tonight. Go before us tonight, Lord. Uh, We need you. Uh, Lord, we are are desperate to hear your voice. We're desperate to see your face. And so, Lord, I pray uh, that as we dig into your word, that, God, we would see you clearly. And that, God, um, we know that whenever that happens, we can't help but fall more in love with you and want to spend more time with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would, we would just see you for who you are today. And that, God, you would, you would draw us in. Lord, we believe you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Jesus shows up in this super chaotic situation, and there's a bunch of these scribes and they're arguing with his disciples. So they're in some argument and uh, the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they are always trying to bait Jesus, right? Like they're always looking for an opportunity to get Jesus to answer a question where they're like, I got him. Well, Jesus is walking down this mountain and they're like, here's another opportunity. And so they're like in it with these guys trying to uh, rile something up. And Jesus is like, what is going on right now? And this dad steps up and he's like, hey, my son is sick and he needs help. And I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't heal him, right? Think about this. These guys have been with Jesus for three years. They've spent a ton of time with him. And when you were a disciple of someone, in the old Testament, you were not simply like learning what they know. Does that make sense? Like now you can go to college and your professor is teaching you something that they want you to know. But in biblical times, when you took on the role of a disciple under a rabbi, you didn't want to just do what they did or know what they know. You wanted to be who they are. Like, everything they do, you wanted to embody who they were. You wanted their teaching, you wanted their lifestyle, you wanted their legacy, you wanted their influence. And so these guys have been following Jesus and as disciples, they were supposed to be his legacy. They are supposed to be his legacy. And so this dad comes up and is like, hey, can you heal my boy? You're supposed to be Jesus's guys, right? Like you're his legacy and they can't heal him. And so can you imagine the emotions that this dad is feeling? Like man, these are these are Jesus's guys. Terror, fear, worry, hopelessness. All these things this dad is feeling. His son's hurting so he brings him to Jesus's disciples, the guys who learn from this amazing teacher who heals. And now they can't heal. And honestly, these guys were supposed to be able to help, right? Jesus had already sent them out. We're in Mark chapter nine. In Mark chapter six, Jesus sent them out to heal. In Mark 6, 13, we can read, it says, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So it's not like this is uncommon, like, which I'm sure just adds another layer of hopelessness onto this dad. That's where he's at. No matter what the disciples did, his son was still hurting. Here's the deal. Maybe that's where you're at tonight. Maybe you feel like you've been crying out to the Lord. Maybe you feel like you have just been waiting and waiting and waiting for your breakthrough. You feel like you've called on God and it doesn't seem like anything's changing. You can't even count the number of times you've prayed and it seems like your prayers just hit the ceiling. You've prayed forever for that sin that just seems to be gripping you so deeply to just be released so you can have freedom. And It doesn't seem to get any better. You keep running back to that same thing. You've cried out to God for freedom from insecurities, and worry and anxiety, for it to only seem to get worse. You've prayed to be healed physically. and The prognosis isn't getting better. This dad probably felt extremely lost and hopeless. And then just in the nick of time, Jesus comes down the mountain, right? Here's the thing. Jesus sees you. Jesus knows. He he knows every single hurt that you hold onto. He knows everyone who's harmed you. He holds every tear you've ever cried in his hand. He's not oblivious to what you're going through. He knows. And here's the deal. He'll show up right when you need him to. I'm sure these disciples are like, where's our rabbi right now? The crowd is getting angry. People are like, why can't these guys heal? Aren't you supposed to be Jesus's dudes? And all of a sudden they can't do this? And then Jesus shows up when his disciples need him, when his, this dad needs him, when this kid needs him, Jesus shows up. And so whatever you're walking through, Um, you know, maybe tonight, maybe tonight is the night that Jesus shows up for you. Maybe tonight is that moment when your hope is restored, when you step into a new level of freedom, when your purpose is realized. Maybe tonight is that night. Let's pick up in verse 20. Verse 20 says this, and they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and it has often cast him into the fire and in the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. This spirit, this evil spirit immediately sees Jesus and tries to destroy this kid, right? Like we we have an enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And in this moment, our enemy knows that this boy has freedom on the horizon and he does everything he can to stop it. He falls down, he starts seizing. He's foaming at the mouth. And Jesus doesn't even flinch, right? Jesus doesn't, Jesus isn't like in a rush. He's not like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Let's help this kid. He doesn't like, everybody clear a space. Like, no, that's not what Jesus does. Okay, that's not what he does. In fact, Jesus is super calm. This kid's in a full-on seizure. Jesus is like, he's he's like, hey, how long has this been happening? How long? Why is he doing this? <laughs> like, what? Not in a hurry, not a rush. Hey, how long has this been happening? And this dad, like you could almost like feel the emotion in this sex. This dad's like, You're the healer! My son is having a seizure. Heal my son. Like, what do you mean? How long has this been happening? Can you please do something? Like, this has been happening since he was a kid. It throws him in the fire. It throws him in the water. It's literally trying to kill him. You are seeing it, Jesus. Can you please just do something? Can you please help him? (laughs) If you can do anything, please help. I don't know what else to do. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible. And this dad after Jesus says that, utters one of my favorite phrases in all of scripture. He says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus, I've seen you heal other people. Help me believe you can heal me. Jesus, I know you can bring freedom. Help me experience freedom. Jesus, I know. I see all these Christians that have so much joy and peace And hope, please, Lord, please let me experience that too. That's the desperation that this dad has right now. And Here's the deal. Some of you guys have been crying out to God for a long time. And I believe tonight is the night that God might set you free forever. You'll never have to deal with that insecurity ever again. You'll never have to fight that sin ever again. You'll never have to run in shame ever again. You'll never have to struggle with those destructive thoughts ever again. I really do believe that our God is just that good. In verse 26, it says, After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. This evil spirit comes out, and the boy was like a corpse. So the most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Why do you think Jesus was not in a hurry through this situation? Let me go back to my baseball story. So we're out playing wiffle ball, I swing, I knock off my brother's head, but everything is just chaos. Chaos. There's, there's blood everywhere. I don't know what to do. I'm like, man, I killed my brother. My parents are going to hate me. Like, I don't know what's happening. God, what are you And I'm running around just frantic. I'm, I'm so confused. But something really interesting about the situation was when I ran inside, the first person to meet me was my dad. And while I felt like the world was falling apart and I didn't know what was happening to my brother, if he was going to be okay, what was going on, my dad was completely calm, completely calm. And I remember after the entire experience, talking with him and being like, dad, how in the world were you so calm? Like, man, Jared, like, he had a huge gash. He ended up needing a ton of stitches. Like, how are you so, like, calm and composed? And my dad said, I saw everything through the window. He said, I knew what had happened before you had even brought your brother to me. You see, he had seen it through the window And he had already told my mom to get towels and bandages. He had already told my grandma to call an ambulance and they were on their way. He had a plan that was already in motion when I was still filled with fear and anxiety in the middle of the chaos. Here's the deal. I don't care how hopeless you feel, how alone you feel, how lost you feel. God knows everything that is going on. And I really believe that Jesus was not in a hurry because he knew what was going on. Jesus had a plan. He already knew the end of the story. Jesus knew that he was going to be able to heal this boy. Jesus knew that he was in control of all things. Jesus knew that he has power over Satan. He is in control. And not only that, Jesus had a plan that was in motion before this event ever even happened, before this dad ever even brought his kid to Jesus saying, Jesus, I need your help. I'm hopeless Jesus knew that this dad was gonna come and Jesus had a plan and Jesus knew his son was gonna be healed. So while this dad was filled with chaos and everything else around him was swirling out of control, Jesus had a plan. And God has a plan for you. He knows everything that you were going through. He sees the hurt that you feel. He knows. He knew it was already going to happen before it ever happened to you. And he's ready to scoop you up in his arms when you run to him and fill you with his hope. He has a plan. He has a purpose that is already in motion. And there is literally nothing that the enemy can do to stop it. I don't care what sins he tricks you with. I don't care what struggles he tries to throw into your life. I don't care what person he has coming at you. Nothing will stand against the plan that God has for you. Hear that tonight. If you hear anything else, hear. God has a plan for you and nothing that this world can bring against you or our enemy can bring against us will stop what God has going for you in your life. Amen? So tonight, uh, Chris, band, you guys guys can come back up here. Um, We're gonna worship as we close in response to this. Um. And so here's the deal, with that expectation that, hey, we, we serve a God who sees what we're going through, who knows our hurts, who knows our fears, knows our insecurities, wants to meet us right where we are at, we're going to go back into worship, and the, the passage finishes out like this, uh, so Jesus heals this boy, this crazy situation comes to a close, and They get back to the house and his disciples asked him privately, hey, why could we not cast out this demon? And Jesus makes it really simple. He says, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Prayer is the real work. Man, our senior pastor, Jeff Wells, says it almost every Sunday. Prayer is the real work. And so here's what we're going to do. As we close out, uh, we're going to worship. If the Lord has prompted you in any way, put anything on your heart, if he's like revealed anything to you, man, meditate on that. Let that stir in your heart. Let the Lord continue to speak to you. If, if you feel like he's working on something and you just need to praise him, you, your life is just going so good, man, stand and worship. Like whatever, whatever you feel led to do is an act of worship, man, man, do it. Um, but I also wanna encourage you guys to, to pray for each other as, as we respond. Um, if you, I know you guys just got out of small groups, If you shared anything heavy in small group? Man, man, y'all get your group back together and pray, intercede. If uh, if you want to get prayer from someone, if you're like, man, I didn't share anything, but I need prayer. I need prayer desperately. I encourage you to go to your small group leader. Go, go to one of your small group leaders and, and talk to them. Be like, hey, man, I need prayer. This is what's really going on. They'll pray for you. Um. If you feel led to pray for someone else, go and pray for them. Like we, we don't ever want to like shut down. If you have something encouraging, a word to share with someone, if you have a a prayer, I encourage you to do that. Um, Just know if someone does share a word with you, we, it always needs to line up with the word of God. So like if, if someone shares something with you, you, you need to, it it, usually a, a, a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, you know. Get with a group of people who can confirm it, people that you know love Jesus and are wise and say, yeah, I I think that that is spot on. And then it lines up with scripture. And so uh, just know that if someone gives you a word, (laughs) it's your job (laughs) to be like, yes, Lord, that is for me. Um, But I encourage you guys, pray for each other. Share share words with each other in this moment. Um, Please please don't, uh, like respect the, the reverence of this moment, like don't 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 go pray for someone you're sweet on right now, okay um, just just feel like I have to say that <laughs> uh, but man let's let's seek the Lord um, and Chris and y'all y'all are gonna gonna lead us in this. Uh, if I feel like God puts anything on my heart, I'll come back up here and, and share it, but I encourage you guys, man, with, with what we just read through, meditate on it, let it stir in your heart, let the Holy Spirit stir. What what it might look like to live out something in your life based on what we talked about? And man, if you need prayer, ask for prayer. If you feel led to pray for someone, pray for them. Um, let me pray us into this time, um, and then I'll come back out and uh, and and pray to close us out here in a little bit. Let's pray.